Welcome all you good movie buddies to the Popcorn Diet, a podcast for those who live on a steady diet of movie theater popcorn and other movie snacks like uh, like a glass of raw eggs in the morning before a workout. As always, my name is Rick Williamson, your very best good movie buddy, and with us as usual is our other good movie buddy, the Canadian Machine, Mr. David Melhorn. David, you feeling jacked up today? I'm pumped. You, you feeling pumped? I'm pumped. You feeling ready? I'm ready to forego and just leave this entire life behind because I want to be a boxer now. These movies just get me jacked up. This week, we are talking about, I don't know about you, but this week we are talking about, to me, one of my most anticipated movies of the year with Creed 2, the follow-up to Creed, which was sort of the sequel pseudo-reboot spin-off of the Rocky franchise. Now, for those of you who don't know about Creed 2, obviously it's a sequel not only to the first Creed, but it's also a direct sequel to Rocky 4. Because back in 1985, uh, Ivan Drago killed the former heavyweight champ Apollo Creed in the ring during an exhibition fight in Vegas. And then Rocky Balboa beat Drago's ass and and beat him in the Soviet Union. And so this movie is set, I believe, 33 years later. And it obviously follows Adonis Creed, which is Apollo's son, and who's training with Rocky and 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 being guided by Rocky. And Rocky's his mentor and his trainer. Um, he gets the title. That's not a spoiler. It's in the trailers. But then, who should come out of the shadows but Ivan Drago again with his monster of a son, Victor, to challenge them, to bring up those old ghosts, those old demons, if you will, play mind games with Adonis and Rocky and, uh, and try to get back to Ivan's former glory. Um, uh, just reading that makes me want to watch this movie again. Uh, it's me so jacked up. But before we talk about Creed two. I kind of wanted to get an idea of, of yours, David, but but also kind of talk through mine, you know, our relationship with the Rocky franchise. Because um, obviously this franchise existed before our time, you know, in the theaters and whatnot. It came out when we were super young. Even the fifth one came out when we were, I think it came out in 1990 or something like that, or 89 or, or whatever. Uh, it came out, I think it was the same year as Home Alone. So that might be put it right in the 90, 92 range. Um, and so we were too young for it. You know, it wasn't really our thing. But I know for me personally, like we watched it a ton on on video cassette, on on the, the home, you know, the home theater experience. And they're just great films. And, and when I watched them, I tended to gravitate more towards Rocky 3 and 4 which is, are essentially superhero movies. You know, it's Rocky three and Rocky four. Rocky is a borderline superhero fighting these larger-than-life people, you know. In the third one, he fights Thunderlips, he fights Hulk Hogan, he fights Mr. T. In the fourth one, it's, it's Ivan Drago. It's this amazing Dolph Lundgren, picture-perfect, six-foot-six monster Russian who's played by a Swede. Um, and... You know, I saw Rocky Balboa in the theaters and then Creed came out and Creed is Creed is a top five film for me. Like it's in my top five. It is so well made. And Ryan Coogler, Coogler, excuse me, the things that he does with that movie make it so much better than it has any right to be. And so I was immediately in the bag for Creed, too. Would you say that you had a similar experience to this? 
not so much into the older movies, but kind of got gained a, gosh, I don't know, an appreciation for them later on. Yeah, well, I mean, I think me being someone who's very much into sports and athletics and competition myself, I've always been drawn to sports movies as sure. a whole or any type of athletic ones. But I think um, boxing movies always have some kind of specific draw to them. Um, for me, I think, yeah, I think I rewatched. Obviously, I wasn't alive for half of the Rocky movie, most of the Rocky movies being released. Right. Um, but I always enjoyed them when I'd watch them. I wasn't as much into Rocky 1 and 2, like you mentioned, like, Sure. For whatever reason, um, well, I, they're dramas mostly. They're dramas. I did. I like you said. I mean, three and four are are fun because they're you know these larger than life characters. Five, we prefer to just kind of scoot around. Five. Yeah, that's completionists only. I I really enjoyed. And granted, we were older and were able to see it in theaters. I really enjoyed Rocky Balboa. Sure. In Got 06, back to the basics. In 06. Um, so I enjoyed that one. And then obviously I'd love the Creed movies. So, but I mean, I've always found myself really enjoying a lot of boxing movies. I mean, some of the other ones that I kind of put on movies that I really like, obviously you've got the one that's probably most celebrated critically outside of Rocky, which would be Raging Bull. Absolutely. But, you know, I love the fighter. I love Cinderella man. Yeah. Hurricane. Uh, Hurricane was pretty good. I mean, and um, beyond, beyond you, just you loved million dollar baby. How I enjoyed that too. How dare so, you? Uh, That's not a boxing movie, David. <laughs> it's a suicide movie. Why would you trigger me like this so early? Um, <laughs> but I mean, you got Ali where, you know, Will Smith, whether the movie was really, so really good rude. at all, but, Obviously, Will Smith's performance as Ali was fantastic. Of course. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's a lot out there, and I've always been completely down for him. Um, and I I was pumped to see this movie. And why, now, why do you think that is? Because I'm the same way. I love a good sports movie. I love a good, you know, hand-to-hand combat movie. Same thing, Warrior. That's an, also a top five. And I don't consider myself... A sports movie fan like I mean maybe I, I am like maybe you know two of my top five movies are fighting movies and why do you think that is I do you think that it's you know because it's qu- it's quite literally a perfect analogy of you know outer turmoil versus inner turmoil you know because most of these movies they're about more than just the boxing match or they're about more than just the final game and I think it allows these characters to go through an inner turmoil, whatever it may be, but then also give them an outward expression, like an actual literal fight that they have to, uh, you know, win. Yeah, well, and I think it, it it simplifies the whole concept of struggles and overcoming things, like in a very relatable way. Like, sure. Um, you know, you can easily see someone struggle through a fight, overcome odds you know those types of things and and so you get that payoff in a very relatable way whether you've ever stepped into a ring and boxed or not is irrelevant it's right. easy to tell when someone you know starts turning that corner um music always seems to be fantastic in these mm-hmm. um especially in the the fight and it's you know seeing someone get beat up 
for most people, I feel like has some kind of emotional like reaction. A primal, to you. there's something primal about it. But there's some kind of emotion that it draws from you, even if you don't like physical sports, like watching someone get beat up, like it's gonna pulls affect at you. you. Like it's gonna affect you. Or if you're the opposite and you love fights, like you're gonna be engaged into like the contact of it and the aggressiveness of sure. it and and those aspects of it. But regardless, it's going to have some kind of emotional effect on you. You can't sit there, watch someone get the crap beat out of them in a boxing ring and not have some kind of emotional reaction. To right. It. And that's because it's literally the outward manifestation of struggle. You know, m- most films are unless it's fucking boyhood or something like that. Most films have a a central conflict. They have protagonists and antagonists. They have people who you want to win and people who you want to lose. And with sports, that becomes very simplistic. You want the good guys to win. You want the bad guys to lose. You want the Mighty Ducks to win and you want the Hawks to lose. You want Rocky to win and you want, you know, Ivan Drago to lose. Um, But what's really great is when these films become more about just, well, we have to win this match. Like, why do you have to win this match? You know, for a lot of people, for a lot of these movies, it's about proving proving self-worth, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you even go to something like The Longest Yard. Yeah, it's all about the, the inmates beating the guards, but it's also about the inmates showing that they're, they're worthwhile, that they're still human beings, that we still have the ability to do something productive. Um, and, and the same is true of the, the, the entire Rocky franchise. Well, and I think everybody... You know, use the I think it's kind of a saying, um, maybe, but everybody loves a good underdog story. And the thing about sports movies is typically it's some kind of underdog story. Uh, you think of like the karate kid, like an underdog story. You think of Rocky, like right. the underdog story. Right. Um, all these types of movies are typically someone that like doesn't have any business achieving what they're trying to achieve. And I think everybody can relate to that. Like everybody loves seeing someone. It's the same reason when NCAA March Madness, like people will tune in to see that low, that, that small school that's going up against the big schools. You know, people just love to see people that have no chance, you know, normally rise, above. you know, rise above. And yeah. so I think that's something, again, whether you identify with the medium that it's on in this, in the sense of sports, mm-hmm. like it's very easy to follow. Uh, it's very straightforward sports movies. Like there's not a whole lot of thinking that you have to do and like sure. figuring out. And so it's easy to just kind of embrace what's happening on screen. Yeah, that's a really good point. I also think that it's it's it, it's literally the visual manifestation. So like, you know, the first Creed movie, it's about self-doubt. It's about proving that you're worth something. And that is quite literally accomplished by beating the guy standing in front of you. You know, the same thing with Rocky. You know, you look at. Rocky three, for example, eye of the tiger, you got to get the eye of the tiger back. You got to prove that you still have it. Well, yeah, that's all internal. That's all mental. That's not something that's visualized unless you just put a hulking monster in front of you. And it's like, okay, I got to take that guy down. And that is not only the, the a mental and emotional manifestation of the goal, but it's the physical manifestation. Like it's, is it interesting Okay, and and this is and I don't mean to like crap on other movies that don't you know end in a fight, but is it more interesting to see somebody being proven right, like mentally speaking, or is it more interesting to see somebody like uh, achieve their goal by literally 
beating a guy, <laughs> beating a guy down and actually putting it in, in a physical nature. Um, but ultimately, I think it's it's a level of that satisfaction. It's a level of overcoming the odds, as you'd say, in real life and in fiction. It's all about putting an insurmountable thing in front of somebody and watching them overcome it mm-hmm. and watching them build up the fortitude to overcome it. And I think a big part of that is in the performances and and in the way the film is made. So let's talk about Creed 2 and let's talk about our thoughts of the film. First and foremost, I love this film, David. It's the greatest film ever made. It's I, I walked out of it so jacked. I was emotional the whole time. I was reacting physically to it. That that being said, I recognize that it is it is objectively not as good as the first Creed film. Okay, and we'll get into that in a little second, uh, in a little bit. But I wanted to focus on the performances. Like I wanted to focus on the performances of the main people in regards to this film because I think the one thing that this film, I mean, there are a lot of things that this film does really well, but the one biggest carryover, in my opinion, are the performances. Um, Ryan Coogler put together a really great core cast for Creed. Obviously, we bring in Balboa. We're bringing in Sylvester Stallone. But getting Michael B. Jordan, getting Tessa Thompson, like they're both blowing up right now. Even getting somebody like Wood Harris, to, to who, who plays one of the other trainers, um, mm-hmm. that, that, that is talent that you can hook your franchise on. And Michael B. Jordan and Tessa Thompson do such great work in this movie. Big work, small work, understated work. Um, that it just makes everything so much more realistic and so much more emotional. Like there's a scene after, after one of the fights. Movie has three fights in it. There's a scene after one of them where, um, uh, Adonis and Rocky are talking, and Adonis is so emotional, and it's a level of vulnerability that you haven't really seen in him through any of the previous movies. Because in the first movies, he doesn't really get his ass beat. Um, and I was just like, man. Michael B. Jordan is going to win an Oscar one day. Uh, how did you feel about the performances of the of, of the film? Were you, you know, did you think they were good? Did you think they were exceptional? Were there any that you particularly focused on more than more than others? Um, I thought they were solid across the board. I don't think any stood out to me. Like last time, two things in the first Creed, two things stood out to me. Um, first and foremost, Stallone. You know, I thought he should have won. Uh, best supporting. Um, uh, yes, one hundred percent. I I very much thought that, and and maybe it's because he was a very similar Rocky as the first Creed in this movie that you know I didn't. It wasn't as memorable this time because I had already seen a very similar performance. Sure. So I think it wasn't from that, as impactful. Well, because I think when you when you had Creed, you saw this transition of Rocky into the role of a trainer as a mentor, whereas we had had five movies of him as this fighter. Right. Um, and so I think it was something new. It was a new twist on the Rocky character. And so it was memorable from that standpoint. Not that his performance is bad in this movie at all, because that's not the case. Sure. He does a great job again. Yeah. But I don't think it stands out as much because you just saw it in the previous Creed. I think Creed. he's in less of this movie, too. By a small margin, but I think he's in less. Yeah, there's a whole lot more. I would say last movie, it was a lot more of Creed and Rocky. Yeah. And this movie, it shifted a little bit more to... Creed and Bianca. Creed and Bianca. Yeah, definitely. Um, which is, 
if we're talking overarching themes of this movie, that's one of the things exactly um, that we'll talk about when we get into spoilers late in the film. Like one of the things that Rocky does is to directly point that this isn't about him anymore. Right. Um, and so I thought both of them were great. I agree. Michael B. Jordan does a fantastic job. I think the casting was spot on to get him in this type of role. Um, I don't know whether they, I got to imagine they do it a little bit in whether it's in makeup, whether it's in, you know, the production, but there seem to be a couple of shots in the film that it's like, I feel like they made him to look a lot like Apollo Creed. Interesting. Like I specifically a couple of shots like late in the movie, um, in the last, I would say 10 minutes, sure. uh, in kind of the closing of the movie. Sure. It seems almost like the way they shoot it. And like I said, I don't know if they did makeup to it. Maybe it's just that Michael B. Jordan conveniently has some characteristics of Carl um, Weathers, of, of, Carl Carl Weathers, Weathers. Um, of a younger Carl Weathers. I don't know. But for some reason, there was a couple that I was like, man, he looks like I can see yeah. some, some he looks like a creed. Um, but they were good. I, I thought both of the. Uh, Dragos were fantastic. The dueling Dragos. The dueling Dragos were fantastic. <laughs> and and granted, Victor didn't have to do a whole lot of acting. Sure. Um, in this, he had a couple of spots where he spoke and that. Um, but I thought that whole relationship was surprising to me. Like I don't very much. You so. don't usually go in like when you had the whole balance of like Creed versus Rocky. You expected a little bit more. But when we got into as you put it, almost like the superhero movies of Rocky three and four, mm -hmm. like there wasn't a whole lot of depth to the people he was fighting. No, like, I must there break was a, you. There was a lot of show to it, but there wasn't a whole lot of depth. Sure. And, and one could argue this movie was just as much about the um, maybe not just as much, but very much about the Dragos as sure. much as it was about the creeds i i absolutely love everything they did with ivan and victor in this movie number one they are easily a uh, sense apollo the most fleshed out antagonists in a in a rocky slash creed film they are given the most motivation they are given the most uh screen time and opportunity to to grow um i will i will counter a little bit and i will make a point and i'm making a point of this in my review in that uh, Victor Drago, who's played by a real-life fighter, whose name I'm going to butcher, but it's Florian uh, Muntenu. Mm -hmm. uh, number one, just built like a brick shit house. This guy is a monster. Sure. But number two, he does things so subtly in his eyes that I really want to give him credit for because sure. ultimately in the film, Victor is a vessel for Ivan to be... Uh, to to get back to his former glory, you know, Ivan was disgraced. He lost. It's it's the typical father living through exactly his son, and the way that he Florian portrays Victor outside of the ring. And if you watch him, it's subtle, but it's really good. Where Victor, he has this look in his eyes where he's always looking to Ivan for approval. He doesn't look like a mm -hmm. monster. Like when they're just walking around, like he's just a dude. And he looks to his father and he's got this look in his eyes like, is this okay, dad? Am I doing okay, dad? Yeah. But then, and Ivan obviously is just pushing and pushing and pushing him. And then once you set him off in the ring, he's just, you're letting a monster off the chain. And he just turns into this beast who is fueled by wanting to you know, please his father and his, and Ivan uses like emotional terrorism on him and all kinds of stuff. That's just like real manipulative shit. 
um, because Ivan's equally as broken. Mm-hmm. And it's just such an interesting dynamic because this movie is all about fathers and their relationships with their children. It's about Rocky and his relationship with not only Adonis, but also the relationship with his son. It's about Adonis and his relationship with Bianca and his not a spoiler alert because it's also in the trailer, but his new baby. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about Ivan and Victor. And it's so layered and complex and it has no right to like it doesn't have to be. No. Um, but everybody really sells those performances really well. And I loved that kind of stuff. You well, know, and well, I appreciated that, you know, it seems like whenever we have like America versus anybody, <laughs> Russia, yeah. especially like the Russians are overly Russian. And, you sure. know, and I didn't feel like that. Like, I didn't feel like it was corny over the top Russian. Like, let's call it how it is. The original <laughs> It was some Cold War propaganda. It was some shit. Cold War propaganda. <laughs> and this obviously, um, you know, one could have, they could have gone a lot heavier handed with the whole Russia stuff. Sure. Um, and part of that has to go with how the story went as well. But they were a little bit more restrained and not making it almost cartoonish. Like, even though Victor is a beast of a character, yeah. like, even bigger than what. Ivan was. Ivan looked like in in the original. Yeah. They were restrained in like going over the top with the Russian stuff, which I appreciated. Um, But I think then, you know, you already let into it a little bit with Bianca. Um, I think Tessa Thompson does a great job of kind of um, being that alternate character. And it's not just a, you know, it's easy to think of it in a Rocky Adrian sense. Sure. But this is very much different. Like, Adrian, it was very much like this dependent personality, someone that needed someone to stand up for her, right. someone to, you know, be there for her. You know, Tess is very much, or Bianca's character is very much an independent person. Very much so. Um, and, you know, doesn't take <laughs> Creed's... Bullshit. <laughs> bullshit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and so it's a different dynamic, but at the same time, like you still feel that emotional connection between the two. Right. Um, during the film. And so they, I, and again, I, I, I think for me, as I walked away, like none of the performance were like, Oh wow. That performance was just so good. And actually sure. I would agree with you. Like of all the performances, I think maybe the Dragos were the most memorable to me, but, but I think that has to do with it it was more unexpected than any of the other performances. Right, right. So I just read something funny. So, I mean, in the film, Victor is, like, I would I would tell you that Victor is 6'8", right? And in reality, Florian is 6'4", so he's as tall as I am, mm-hmm. and Dolph is 6'5". And in yeah. the movie, they made Victor taller than Ivan. And it's just like, that's some movie magic that I just love. I appreciate it because they got me. Well, you know? and it's little things, like, it's not necessarily that they made him taller. It's that what making him taller like resonated to you. Like sure. he resonated as a bigger and badder Drago. Exactly. Without having to say he's a bigger and badder Drago. Exactly. They make him look and Michael B. Jordan's not a short dude by any means, but they made him smaller for sure. <laughs> in that. Well, definitely. He definitely. was he was not four inches shorter than Drago in that film. So obviously this film is not as good as the original from a few objective standpoints. I think that Ryan Coogler is a genuine genius filmmaker, just one of those like once in a lifetime talents. And the way that he staged a lot of the fights in the original Creed are 
super dynamic. They're, they're unlike any fights that have been done before. The middle fight in the original Creed is that one-shot, two-round take where they, I mean, it's it's a masterful, masterful showing of choreography. Um, this film doesn't have that type of flair to it, at least not as consistent as the first film does. There are a few things that don't quite connect. Um, to me, like a couple of the shots in the final fight looked like they weren't really fighting in arena. They looked a little green screen, particularly during some of the entrances and whatnot. I know you picked up on something as well at the beginning. There's a couple of edits and things that, that don't really work. Yeah. Well, just right? in the beginning when you transit, when they transition out of the first fight that the movie opens with you, it's in Vegas not a big spoiler there, but yeah. <laughs> they're basically back in their hotel room after, or at least we assume it's the same night after because sure. we don't get any sense of like time passing. And Michael B. Jordan looks fresh as ever. Like, yeah, no bruises, no bumps, no, you know, and just from an energy standpoint, he looks like, like he, he looks pre fight. Like he doesn't he, look post fight exactly from that standpoint. And so, um, Granted, you don't, you know, his fight in the beginning wasn't necessarily a super difficult one. Right. Uh, but at the same time, like. He took some hits. He took some hits. Like, he shouldn't have just been like, <laughs> la, 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 you know, like. So I thought that was a little bit of a misstep that, like, I'm not usually one that's sitting there looking for things. Like, no, but it's I, that's, a little... not, that's not how I enjoy. But, like, if I do notice something like that, then I feel like it's fairly obvious because yeah. I'm not trying to do that. When I go back and rewatch things, I'm trying to look for for little things, not necessarily be hypercritical, but looking for things I might have missed. And so that's when I normally see those things. Sure. First go of things, I'm not usually noticing a lot of that kind of stuff. So that one was just was super obvious to me. Yeah. And, and you know, and the thing is, is, yeah, this movie is not as good as the first one. It doesn't come in as fresh. It doesn't have the talent behind the camera. Although Stephen Cable Jr., who's the director of this film, does a really good job. You know, he does really good with the performances and, and does a really good job of training uh, of, of the, the fight sequences and whatnot. The music is, is amazing again. Although when the Rocky theme cues in this film, it does cue at what feels like an odd moment. Because usually that Rocky theme comes in at a very specific moment in the films and comes in during the training montage or it comes in during the last round. And this one, it comes in mid-round. And it just it, it it just feels a little off. It still works, you know. It just feel it's like it's like a pepperoni pizza that's missing a couple pepperonis, and you just know that those pepperonis are missing. Like it's still good, but you know that there are a couple of pieces missing. Um, so let's give it our popcorn rating. You know, for those of you who've never listened before, we do a little bit of a different rating system on the popcorn diet. We have five popcorns that we go through. Burnt popcorn means. This movie's garbage, avoid it at all costs. Stale popcorn means, you know, whatever. If you want to red box it or prime it or Netflix it, you'll probably be fine. But it's not good in any means. Microwave popcorn is middle of the road. You might really like it. You might not really like it. You can go see it in the theater. You can save it for a rental, whatever you want. Your mileage may vary. Movie theater popcorn means you should definitely go out and see this film. You should go see it on a big screen, and you should go see it, and you'll have a good time. And then, of course, perfect popcorn means this is the this is the top, top movie that you can see. Go see it in theaters as much as possible uh, and as soon as possible. And, David, 
from an emotional standpoint, like from an in the bag standpoint, this movie is like 17 popcorns for me. Mm. This is like all the perfect popcorns. That being said, you know, one of the things we try to do is we try to be subjective. We try to look at it from an analytical standpoint as much as an emotional standpoint. And I think this is movie theater popcorn. It's not as good as the first film, but the first film was a borderline masterpiece. And the stuff that they do in this film, there are a few little issues, but it's still a great entry to this franchise to me i'm in for any more creed movies they creed 3 i'll be there i'll be there opening night in a heartbeat it made me laugh it made me tear i rolled a tear a couple of times it made me feel the hits you know which we'll talk about a little more but i i had an absolute blast with this movie it's not a perfect movie but i had an absolute blast if you like these kinds of movies and even if you don't like these kinds of movies there's a lot of personal drama there's a lot of family drama and actual emotional stakes and character drama i just I, I loved it it's not perfect but i loved it so i'm giving it movie theater popcorn what about you i am and this is this is the second straight movie i think i am going to give it perfect popcorn. all right i like it i not not again and and this is kind of where we get back to our ratings is it's not necessarily saying at least for me i'm not saying it's a perfect movie um, but my thought behind it is it is a very, very, very good movie that I enjoyed a ton and I think is something that you need to go see in the theaters and you need to go see it sooner than later. Yeah. So that to me is where I go with, with perfect popcorn is if it filled my expectations, like I didn't walk out of it with anything lacking. I, like, no, I, I mean, got, I, the, walked I got, out of it. I got the fights I wanted. I actually got more depth to the story in yeah. my opinion than I expected. So I think it over delivered on story to me. And uh, like you said, there was little things here and there that we've talked about, but at the end of the day, you know, I'll give it perfect popcorn. And, and that's totally understandable. I don't know. Maybe I'm becoming a little too analytical. Maybe I'm gonna have to reevaluate my life a little bit. Um, before we get into spoilers, though, obviously, I do want to remind everybody that you can get this podcast delivered to your smart device for free just by hitting that subscribe button on the iTunes uh, uh, podcast, on the uh, Apple podcast, Google podcast, literally wherever you're listening to us. Hit that subscribe button. Give us a like. Give us a rating. We really appreciate it. Share with your friends. Share with your family. We want to we grow the good movie buddy community. Uh, and of course, part of that community is social media. Follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, at The Popcorn Diet. And then last but certainly not least, all of our reviews, all of our articles, our Oscar previews, Oscar predictions, everything can be found on our website, popcorndietpodcast.com. But David, obviously, you know, we talked about some of this stuff already, but I do want to get into some of the spoilers and just talk about some of the things that got me all jacked up about it. Um, I thought one of the most effective things, going back to the father and son dynamic, you know, going back to that scene where Donnie is beat to shit and lying in the bed and he's just like, look at me, like, I, that was super powerful to me because you know ne- we never seen Creed get his ass beat like that and mm-hmm. he had never gotten his ass beat. he got the fear of god beat into him you know which number one like i do got to talk i love the way that drago beat the hell out of him and i love the way that drago was disqualified like it was so perfectly brutal and and it fit with the character of just like like my dad is 
overbearing. He's like, put him down, put him down, put him down. But you forget the rules. But that whole scene where Rocky's trying to apologize, everything, that their whole relationship was just so heartbreaking. And so, like, like you just want Adonis to stop being such a, you know, a shithead about things. And you want Rocky just to say, like, I'm sorry, kid, I love you. I don't want to, you know, I couldn't fight for a long time. Like, I'm mentally wrecked from fighting these people um it just worked out so well for me that's where it caught me emotionally um i love that stuff and the same thing with the dragos yeah well i think like you said they they're very much and i think anytime you're going to do a movie like this where you're going to have the son of apollo creed fight the son of victor drago or uh, ivan drago Drago, and you you can't help but you're gonna have to have like you're already a built-in theme of fathers and sons absolutely from that sense and i and one could argue the first creed already started that trend of being about a father and a son absolutely um, and the aspect of of living up to apollo creed's legend legacy you know filling those roles and i think the first movie it was more about him accepting and 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 stepping in and feeling comfortable being a creed right um and proving that he belongs that, proving that he belongs exactly um but this movie was much more about like that dynamic and we you you really saw three different fathers and sons mm-hmm. um and you four could argue almost. four fathers and childs mm-hmm. because you added the dynamic partway through of um adonis and his daughter amara amara but i think with with rocky you you get the sense you get kind of closure on whatever happened to his son we had little i don't know if we had much reference to it in the first one i can't remember no he he really really only said oh i haven't seen him in a long time yeah but we obviously get that from start to finish in this movie like it's it's pretty heavy-handed in in calling to that um and and shout out to uh, Milo Ventimiglia for uh, Ventimiglia for reprising his role after uh, 12 years. He got big. He was in he was in it in 20, 2006, right? And then 12 years later he's he's big on This Is Us. He's an Emmy nominee and and he still shows up to work. So appreciate that Milo. Yeah. Um but I mean you you see that relationship obviously the regret, regret that he has there. Obviously you know, Rocky's filled that father figure for Adonis in right. in both of the movies. Right. Um, but you have kind of the resolving things with with his father. So absolutely. Um, but again, for me, I think the one that stood out the most. I mean, you always get that whole newborn child Adonis having to grow up and just kind of realize like yeah. you have that night where and not it's on- just him and the baby, and not only deal with a child but deal with a child with a disability. Sure, you know, and you, I mean, you don't have a child with a disability that I'm aware of, um, but <laughs> you do have two kids, I so do. you can obviously speak to that better than I can. But that was another one that was you know having to grow up, having to you know take on a whole new level of responsibility. Yeah. Well, and, and one of the things that Rocky asks him before he goes and fights Drago the first time is, why are you wanting to do this? Yeah. You know, and and the easy answer and the answer everybody expected was, this is a revenge. Right. This is a revenge match. Right. This is me fighting for my pops. They put my pops name in their mouth. Yeah. Like, it's time they, to take it out. 
but even just the pure aspect of you killed my father yeah. like yeah like let's not even bring up the whole fact that they talked about him the fact that they literally killed him not that that was the intention in that boxing match oh. but that's what happened right um so i think you have that aspect but even leading up to that fight multiple characters make it known to adonis that like this isn't about that like no. his mom who of all people you know if anybody should be like yeah go get him like, right she should be that person right but she says specifically don't act like this is about your father right like this was all about him growing up, him learning what he's fighting for, what it means, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, even in that emotional scene that you talked about, he talks about he was afraid. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing I thought about that and a tribute to this movie is like from the moment he first gets punched by Drago, you can see the fear in him. Yeah. Like, he keeps fighting and battling and obviously shows a ton of heart, which yeah. is you know, a theme of these movies, but like from that first punch, like the way that it's done, like you feel that he's afraid, like he's showing off his normal cockiness, his normal arrogance in it. But you can tell like, he's not sure exactly what he just got himself into and whether he can win this. Do you remember the famous Mike Tyson saying where it's, he's, I believe, and I'm paraphrasing here, I'm pulling this one out of my ass, but I believe he says, Everybody's got a plan till they get punched in the face. You really needed to do that in a higher pitched. Everybody's with a whiff. got a plan until they get punched in the face. <laughs> like that's true, though. That's very true in the sense that he comes in with a plan, and the second he gets clocked in the face, he he's he loses all of his tactics and he turns into emotion, and it gets him beat the fuck down in a big bad way. Yeah. Um, and that kind of leads us into talking about some of the other stuff. I do want to talk about one one. Particular, I have have a particular question for you, David. Obviously, one of the big, you know, pieces of these films is the training montage. You know, Bill Conti wrote the the iconic "Gonna Fly Now," da 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 like that's that's iconic. And Ludwig Göransson came in and gave us a pretty damn great training montage song in the first Creed that melded the music the traditional music but it also brought in hip-hop with meek mill this one does the same thing except it brings in asap rocky um however david did this training montage do you think that the 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 techniques employed in this particular training montage did more harm than good well i think what we were (laughs) set up from the beginning though because of the first fight and Rocky says it is your style is not going to work here. Right. We got to change. And it. that's actually a callback. I don't know if you remember from the Rocky, first Rocky, Rocky. Well, all of them, all, every single one of them. That's like, you got to change up your style. You got to learn to fight Southpaw or you yeah. got to learn to be faster. Eye of the tiger. Yeah. But the whole thing with most of the Rocky fights were him adjusting to the person he was fighting. Exactly. And, you know, Mick with all his, you know, different Bullshit. things that yeah. they did. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and one could argue they just modernized and like basically like music videoed. Um, That's true. The training from chasing chickens and punching slabs meat slabs of meat. Yeah. And stuff like that Ugh. to like a modern music video esque version of that. I just want to list off some things that happened. But I also I'll think. I'll let you finish. Yeah. But also I would say leading into that they said he was going to have to get dirty 
you know, like yeah. he couldn't he couldn't stand back. Right. One of the things about Drago is he had a longer reach and right. they make it very clear he's a much bigger fighter, which let's not even get started about the fact that these two wouldn't be in the same weight class no. if this was actual no. real boxing. Not, not at all. Um, because there's about 40 pounds difference easily, between these easily. two. Easily. This is a light heavyweight <laughs> versus a heavyweight. But they talked about his only chances to get into his body right. and to get close. And so you see that with some of the things like, which I know you're going to bring up the the whole tire part. I like the, that, though. The convict. That makes sense. Because so, OK, if you'll allow me I'll to allow you, yep. let's list off some of the things and let's let's say if they do more harm than good. OK, and we'll start with sledgehammer into the ground. That's not uncommon. That's no. a, a typical workout. Usually no. they do it with the tire, yep. not the ground. I think that that but, uh, is probably helpful. It yeah. builds that upper body strength. Yeah. Um, really great. Uh, my favorite touch of this is you got to learn how to stay close, right? So there's two parts to this question. Number one, they put a tire in the ring, mm-hmm. and they have his sparring buddy put one foot in the tire, and they have him put one foot in the tire because then you got to stay close. Right? Yeah, you, you can't, keep you it can't pull your foot out of the tire. You've got to stay in there. you got to block. Right. You got to deliver your blows in tight quarters and you don't have that ability to, you know, bob and weave and and avoid the punches that way. That being said, his sparring partner is what appears to be a convict. Why are you why are you judging by appearance? I'm just saying. Lots of people have tattoos. This is this bald, white looking motherfucker with uh, with tattoos everywhere. He literally looks like like white Danny Trejo almost. Just and I'm like, should we really be having the heavyweight champion of the world sparring with again what appears to be a criminal? I don't feel like that's a good idea at all. <laughs> um, the punching tires. How do we feel about this? Because like you said, Rocky punches slabs of beef, but here they literally have a bag that's made of tires, and he's punching the treads of the tires. Yeah, the tire one was probably the least productive for me like it was like we're out here in the desert like let's let's find a substitute to a punching bag yeah what can we do for that like well we got to get our hands tougher so let's let's punch hard rubber tires like he's literally shown with his knuckles shredded yeah because he's training so hard two more first creed gets his ribs broken pretty badly i was wincing when 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 uh, Drago is beating the shit out of him yeah. in the first fight, and so instead of you know crunches or building up the core, their their solution is to hit him as hard as they fucking can in the stomach with a medicine ball. Mm-hmm. And I personally, and granted, I'm not in the best shape. I'm not a trainer, but I don't feel like blunt force trauma is the best way to heal. You know, broken. Well, ribs. he was he was healed at that point because he had already gone through rehab. So right. he was he was healed at that point. And with <laughs> with broken ribs, it's not like once they heal, like suddenly they're more susceptible to breaking. Actually, technically, a lot of times with bone breaks, they're They'll they're stronger, stronger because sure. you have that extra bone basically that gets created. Anybody that's fact checking us on medical, that's, yeah, that's this is prob- not, that's probably br- roughly much like many that. of the Rocky films. We have not checked the medical stats on this. I, I actually didn't have necessarily a problem with that. I mean, again, I don't know that that would actually be a normal practice, <laughs> but medicine balls, and especially the one they were using, isn't like your traditional like hard rubber medicine ball. Sure, they were it's like got a the big like they were like the big bag ones. Okay, um, that are basically like. 
weighted beach balls at, oh. at the end of the day. <laughs> okay, okay, I'll go with that. Last one. David, the training in a desert. You and I live in a desert. No, there's another one you missed before you get to that one. Okay, what's the you one? Had the, you know what I'm going to They know had the weighted skull cap that he was doing the... That he's doing <laughs> the shrugs, like the neck shrugs on. Yeah. That one I actually didn't have a problem with. Do you have a problem with that one? I feel like that one is just like... I feel like, and granted, maybe, you know, I'm not a, a massive weightlifter. Maybe we'll have to ask our good friend, uh, Jeremy. Jeremy. Uh, f- buddy of the podcast good friend of the podcast good friend of the podcast <laughs> um but that particular tool and i have seen it in a gym so it's not like it's some made-up thing for this purpose but i feel like every time i I've st- i feel like i saw it used in the office when dwight's stocking oh god um michael's um fling basically yeah. It's a married woman that he's yeah. he's in a relationship with, and he follows her to the gym, and he uses that at one point. I do point. remember that. I do <laughs> remember that. I just know the absurdity that it looks when someone puts on, like, a cap and ties a weight to it and is lifting their head up and down. It just doesn't – it's not, like, your traditional weightlifting thing. And I understand everything <laughs> in this scene is is not your not traditional. Not traditional. I mean, you've got even the, you know, for cinematic purposes, him punching – Shadow boxing with fire instead of just shadow boxing. Sure. Don't um, hit the fire. Yeah. Like, I would have loved to have seen them covered his hands with gasoline. Yeah. Like, don't hit the fire. You're going to catch up. Like, why not? But the last one, David, I feel is a giant medical hazard. And I feel like it's one that needs to be addressed. Obviously, all of these movies end with them running, running up a mountain, running through Philadelphia, uh, whatever it may be. This one has him running. Um, at the beginning, it is him chasing after the Mustang car. And he straight up collapses, right? Now, Rocky stops the car, doesn't get out. He's just like, get up, kid. Like, you got to be stronger than that. Heat stroke is a thing. And I feel like like heat stroke and sunstroke are a thing. And if you are running on a desert road and you collapse, you should have water and shade. Like, you should be brought medical attention. I had a big issue with that. I was like, this is not healthy. Like, I, I don't know. I, and well, now at the end, like, obviously it's, it shows him, like, sprinting away from the car. It's a, a fucking great shot. But when he fall fell, I'm like, this isn't him about being weak. This is about him needing hydration. Well, we don't know what time of year it is, I don't think. That's true. This. So we don't know how actually hot the desert was. We were in the desert, so we're always going to associate hot with it. He was sweaty, um, but they did sweaty. have a fire. So. Yeah, they did have a fire. Um, so I didn't necessarily have as much of an issue with it. I think it's one of those things, too, when you get into like any kind of combat sports where you have to make a weight. Like Part of that is... Like when they go and weigh in, like it's crazy. Like with you, oh, yeah. that, like they're extremely dehydrated, like and it's all these types of things. Super so like, unhealthy. I know a lot of times, like conditioning and training, like part of that aspect sometimes with with physical with these combat sports is, you know, like they, you know, wrestlers will wear like the sweatsuits and sure. go out and run, like. Sure wear a trash bag and go run out in a hundred sure. degree weather just to sweat to all the liquid sweat out weight and stuff like that. And so like, and I think during a boxing match, like, yes, you get like a spray of water into your mouth, but you don't want to water log in that. So like, of course 
as you get into 10th, 11th, 12th rounds, like one could argue that you probably are a little dehydrated come that point. Sure. Um, to some, to some so point. So this was building up the, so, you ah, know, okay. I, I didn't, I didn't have as big of an issue with it. Okay. Again, some of this, cause you know, he, he certainly doesn't need to drop weight in this match. No, That's no, for sure. he definitely does not. And I think, um, you know, I think that was more their way of like him getting back in shape. Sure. Than necessarily like, running him into like exhaustion or heat exhaustion sure. that kind of thing but when you're in the desert it does come off of like you know this person might actually seriously not, need medical attention yes you should you should give them medical attention um all right so the fights now we already talked about the fights did you the fights did not have the same visual flair as the original ones did but they're still if anything i felt like they hurt more they did like they did i think they, they really upped the, the 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 dramatics if you will um and they they got rid of a little bit of the realism uh, but they still they up the dramatics. So like when Creed gets the shit kicked out of him, when he gets his ribs broken, and then he falls down to a knee, and then Drago just just clocks him right in the side of the head. Like that's violent, right? Yeah. Um, what was your? Did you have a favorite part of any of the fights? Like was there a moment? Because that was one of my favorite ones, just because it established him as such a dangerous brute. But did you have a favorite moment of the fights? Um, was I, there a particular moment that you remember out of them? I thought two things were highlighted really well in there, and I will agree. The production value, and, and I think some of this may have been deliberate and some of may have been just, you know, the the people that we had by behind the camera maybe not being able to pull off sure. the same type of things or, or at least maybe not thinking of it that way. Sure. But, um, I thought they did a really good job of showing the speed of it. You know, one of the things I think, creed is known for donnie's known for is his speed right and i thought there was some very good show ways of showing that like there was a couple times where you're like holy crap that was like crazy fast yeah. punches so i there thought was a, like a three like boom 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 and like I was some like, of the oh, some of the combos were really good yeah um so i like that a lot um and again i think anytime you can and they didn't seem like they were like doctored to some point i'm sure they were to some point yeah, but at the same time like probably. anytime you're having an actor someone who's not a boxer pull this stuff off and it look believable like to me that's a credit to it right um then the other thing that i would say is is the power like you felt those punches those punches were very heavy from drago i would say i felt like they could have built up like i i, I always go back to i think it was cinderella man mm-hmm um, and I can't remember who he fights in that last fight. But, Max Bayer. But Max Bayer, like, basically kills people in the room, right. too. Which like, is historically inaccurate. Bayer was actually, it's a long conversation, yes. but he was actually very remorseful and he was actually super respectful. And that movie paints him out to be a gigantic dick. Yeah. So, anyway, sorry. He's in that movie, like, I feel like the lead up does a really good job when he's facing other opponents sure. of showing just how dangerous and crazy powerful sure. his character is. I felt like the the lead up Drago fights yeah, like that he was doing fights. on the side fights were not that great. Like, even just the way they were shot, like, I felt like a lot of them were shot from very far like up the, in the crowd. Stand. Like, yeah. they were a crowd view of it, and you didn't feel that power until Adonis got into the ring and then and got the crap beat out of him. And maybe that was intentional, but I didn't really feel like, and, and, and I guess if we're thinking this out loud, maybe it was 
you were getting the perspective almost of of Creed in the sense of he didn't really realize just how powerful he was in yeah, until how, he stepped in the ring like and got how punched can you finally. do your homework exactly like exactly. some things video doesn't do justice exactly so to wrap it up i, I did want to how'd you like the ending how'd you like the way that it, so before in, in all the rocky movies every rocky movie either ends by knockout or decision in the first rocky movie he loses by decision in the second he wins by knockout in the third he wins in like round four because he he outpaces him like you got to take him out fast uh fourth one he wins by knockout fifth one is a street fight whatever sixth tommy. one with tommy the machine gun there are a lot of aspects about that movie that could have been so good david but Sadly, no. The sixth one, he loses to Mason, the line Dixon, by decision. Creed, he loses by decision. This one, however, again, really poetic and thematic. Drago, Ivan Drago, throws in the towel mm-hmm. for his son. How, obviously, it's it's thematic. It's Drago literally realizing, like, look at what I've pushed my son to do. Am I really going to let him do this? That kind of thing. How did you feel about that? I liked it in that it was something different. I think it also, I think we had multiple opportunities. Obviously, if we're talking about just the whole concept of throwing in the towel, we sure. have, it starts with the original Apollo Creed fight. Yeah, you didn't throw in, in the towel. We've talked about it over and over again. Rocky shouldn't have let him go back and out Creed there. And Creed told him not to because they don't stop this fight. Don't yeah. stop it for nothing. And and we know we're not putting the blame on Rocky, but that's one of the things that Rocky regrets the most sure. was not throwing in the towel there. So sure. that was the first thing we got with the whole concept of throwing in the towel. That we even got last last movie that was talked about yep. because it was very much the story. I'm going to stop this fight. It's too yep. much. Um, then you had the first fight in this movie with Drago where... Uh, Wood Harris's character, Little Duke, um, talks about throwing in the towel. And yeah. similar to his father. It's like, don't do it. Don't do it. He goes out there, probably almost dies almost to some dies, point. yeah. But ends up in the hospital, obviously, long rehab. And, and Rocky's watching the thing, yelling, stop the fight. Stop he's, the fight. He's watching it fight. in the television because yep. he's not there. And so you have that, and then you get to this one where even earlier in the second fight with Drago, like they're borderline, should we stop this fight right. when he gets his ribs again? Right. Um, but they don't. And then you have Drago go back and do it. And granted... He's already been knocked down twice in that round. Yeah. At that point, he's basically just stuttering around, yeah. throwing punches. And again... Like, he's clearly beat. I think it's one of those things where, you know, they show... Finally, Ivan has snapped out of it and realized, like, this is my son. Like, his ex-wife has already left at that point. We haven't even talked about Bridget Nielsen coming back in, because that's such a huge crux of why Ivan's just like, this is why she left us. Yeah. That's fucked up, man. It is. Well, and even going and taking that dinner and the fact that it was with her and her new... Whatevers. Yeah, and, and cohorts. And we're obviously under the impression that her new husband is of, in a position of power yeah. within Russia. Um, and then they're at the fight. 
And then they sit ringside. Victor starts and she's there. Oh, I'm so proud of you, Victor. And then Victor starts losing and they fucking leave in the middle of it. And Ivan sees it and Victor sees it. And Victor just becomes like this unstopped. Like you can't he's going to get like he won't go down. But and they leave before he's truly in big trouble. Like it's completely over. Like they lose. I think the first time he falls down. Yeah, it's like the 10th round or Um, something. But you would have felt like normally Ivan, based off of what we had seen earlier, would have been like, she left again, like they're doing, you know, and like tried to play to that, that, you know, rabid dog type of sense of, you know, pushing him again. But he doesn't. He kind of goes the other direction and eventually ends up throwing in the towel. So, yeah, I thought it was a, a, a neat way to end it, a different way to end it. Um, obviously brings back that whole theme of the throwing in the towel um, back into focus. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought it was a cool and and unex- I wouldn't say necessarily unexpected. Since um, they foreshadow a shitload of foreshadow a lot of throwing towel. in the towel. Um, but I, I appreciated that it was a different way to do it than like we just went through right. your traditional ways of ending right. a match. It's another example of how this movie brings it back thematically and it and it carries over to the point of where Victor, the son, is so angry and Ivan comes in and Victor's still wanting to fight to the point of where he's starting to like push his dad and punch at his dad. Yeah, he doesn't know where he is at that And point. Ivan is just like, like finally you see that moment of like, it's okay, it's okay. Like, it's okay to lose, which I have to imagine Ivan never told him before. Like, Ivan never told him like, this is, it's okay to fail. It's yeah. okay to not kill yourself over this. And then at the end, you see everybody reconciling with their fathers, which again, could, I mean, one could argue comes off as ham-handed. I thought it worked perfectly where you have Rocky going to meet Robert. You have Ivan and Victor finally running together because previously you see them running and yep. Ivan's in the car pushing him, pushing him, pushing him. Now they're running together. Um, Victor seems happier, yeah. you know. And then you have Adonis talking to uh, Apollo's grave. grave. For the first exactly. Time. So it brings everything around again. I do think. Um one thing I was expecting to see at the end of the movie that I didn't see, and mm-hmm. again, I don't know that I needed it, but I expected there to be some kind of interaction between the two sides after it was over, like sure. some sort of sign of respect for, sure. each, you know, whatever. Like normally you get that at the end of a, a boxing fight. Sure. Um, and we really couldn't see anything in the ring, if you remember that end yeah, shot. Yeah, that, was, like, that wasn't there. Like you can't even see... Adonis in there you like everything's blocked right you just have the ring and you got like the backside of like some of the like ring girls that are in there (laughs) hey I don't mind so it's like it was kind of a weird last shot of leaving the arena fight yeah like it wasn't like oh this is a super artistic shot or anything like that right it was more of like an establishing shot normally when we leave um a ring in Rocky movies, like it's something very memorable. Yeah, like, it's a pose. It's you no have the, Adrian. Adrian. The, the the American flag behind him. Yeah, that's a good. So point. it was interesting that we didn't get anything in there. Like the closest thing we got to that was, you know, Donnie and 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 Bianca talked a little bit, and we had Dragos talking, but there was no like you kind of ended on like a kind of downhill. Yeah, a little bit. Like it was a, a high very... note fade to black type of thing and go to the others. It was very much more of a come down ending, very similar to the way Creed was as well. Sure. Um, But it worked. It it, it was missing that, but it worked. Yeah. Um, But yeah, man, I loved it. 
I, lo- I love this movie. Go see Creed 2. Go see Creed 2. Go see Creed and Creed 2. That is going to do it for this episode of The Popcorn Diet. As always, hit that subscribe button if you want these episodes delivered to you for free. Give us a like. Give us a rating. Share with your friends. Share with your family. Follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, at The Popcorn Diet. And follow all of our reviews, all of our new episodes, Oscar primers, everything you could want about The Popcorn Diet on our website, popcorndietpodcast.com. But... For the Canadian machine, Mr. David Melhorn, I am your very best good movie buddy, Rick Williamson, and we'll see you next time with another good movie on the Popcorn Diet. Adios.